Dad bod rap pod. Um, we are we're a nerdy podcast. We we own it. A guy um, on SoundCloud, I think it was today, said we're the smartest hip hop podcast. Whoa! Oh. I, don't, I don't know if that's true. It's probably not, but it's very nice to hear. Absolutely. Does now, that mean he's the dumbest? <laughs> no, I was kidding. Just kidding. No. Just kidding. Shout no, out to what, anyone who cares. What what he, what he meant is that Sotero's not doing his show anymore. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we almost by default just hey, move hey, into hey, that I'll, slot. I'll take the Sotero default, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout um, out to Sean Sotero. Totally. Killing it. Um, I. It's really nice to hear that. I don't know if it's true but i'll take it we're the most smart ass that's uh (laughs) that i can definitely claim that uh my name is damone carter aka dim one uh i am joined by nate leblanc and david ma um we like rap we like words um and at the at the end of the day rap is just it's fucking words right Right. Words over drums. Yep. Words over in, drums. In some cases, there's no words and no drums. So. Yeah, I was about to say, in 2019, yeah. it's yeah. words over soul loop. to figure out what that yeah. means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there is, um, you know, there is a, a section of the internet that's really been around for a long time. I remember encountering this on my first forays into the internet while I was not uh, supposed to be doing it when I worked at the bank. <laughs> and uh, this is like circa 99 is that a real story? Yeah. <laughs> you had a screen where you could access the internet? Yeah, it was and if wild. if someone needed like fives, you're like, hold on, I'm in the middle of an argument. Kind of. Yeah. In, yeah. Ni- in 99? Yeah. Damn. In 99? You're, you're in like, I can't 2000. help you. Someone is wrong <laughs> online. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on OK Player. Excuse <laughs> totally, me. Totally. Um, totally. On a message board. Getting crazy. Yeah. Hey, can I get some quarters? OK Player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was me. Um, yeah. So I, I was remembering this as we were talking about uh this segment that we're going to do right now um encountering people on message boards that were battle rapping via the typed word which is called key, key styling oh my god uh um, top five key stylers go oh my <laughs> god. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> i was so i remember Rap coming dude 420 i know oh, oh, <laughs> Slim Shady 74 was no <laughs> just got back from Scribble Jam, huh? Um, <laughs> dude, it was that. It was that. No, era. totally. That it era. was that era, and folks were yeah, folks were going back and forth with these type things, and I remember being appalled, like, oh, you're who, like, I'm a nerd, but this, this is, is just, uh, <laughs> beyond the well, pale. Well, I never. <laughs> like you're not even rapping the words. <laughs> Um, you don't want to hear them rap those words. Totally, totally. No, no, you totally don't. And I'm like, this shit ain't even in bar, I bet, if we try to <laughs> sync it up. <laughs> but there is definitely um, a part of the hip-hop nerd uh, intelligentsia that really, really values um, the written word, the text of the rap, which is something sure. that- The in- book of human language. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for AC alone jokes all, <laughs> all day. He's one of the rappers, and that album in particular does stand up to like the scrutiny of reading it. Right? Like, yeah, it's well, right. it's well written enough. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. so there's a there's a class of rapper whose lyrics are all about the delivery. Yep. Yes, you know yep. what I mean. Like yes. we last on last week's episode, we talked a lot about Bushwick Bill. I'm not trying to read Bushwick Bill lyrics, right? No, right. they don't necessarily right. jump off the paper. Or even like an an, an old face, we could talk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's right. literary right. almost. In right. some some Willie D, are... I'll take in any form, written, oral. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now we open up to ball headed hoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's certain rappers that are for sure literary, right? And there you could see. You know, it would jump off the page. And some guys of are course. more delivery. Read an ODB verse and, 
you know, in a black thought. You're not really yeah, getting right. yeah. like what you're not getting literary references. Yeah, you're getting it, grunts. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. there was a big both like, are equally uh, awesome Twitter yeah. thread a couple of weeks ago. So in Twitter language, a couple of years ago, right. about how do people spell Pusha T's ad lib, and there were like hundreds <laughs> yeah. of responses, and they were all the same. I think you need to have a ch or a gh in there somewhere yeah. to capture that guttural, of course, end thing. So I'm like a y e u u u u c h, okay, maybe. okay, something like that. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But if you read a pusha verse, you'd have he, to put but that he in there a couple in and times. He corrected it, right? He has his way. He spells it. Yeah, does but he? that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that's how you have to spell it. That's you know really? What I mean? that's like, true. here's a question, and I know Dave's answer because we talk about this <laughs> a lot. How do you spell hip hop? Oh two shit! Two H's. Yeah, I go. Two, I go. I go. Two H's. Capitalize dash. Capitalize the first H or both. I capitalize both. Okay. I capitalize yeah. the first H if it's at the beginning of a sentence, but not if it's in the middle of a sentence. So only as like agreed. Yeah, and and use the dash. I feel a key style battle coming up <laughs> right for hip hop for the soul for of hip hop. Hip hop as a written word. I'm hitting the space ball hard. Space ball hard. <laughs> enter, 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 enter. All up in your face, ma. With the space bar. I'm in my FaceTime. With oh man. Yeah, th- there's something there's something uh particularly um I think there's something unrappy about focusing too hard on on the word on the page and i'll tell you why is because i feel like um especially in 2019 it, i'm not sure if a guy like matt Kami, for instance right um even to read his shit written down you wouldn't get it like we're this is more about hmm. de- we're more about delivery now than we ever have been well with mock mock especially i feel like you know if he's gonna be all uh, super precise and be minimal then then off a page it better be mind-blowing right you know what i mean right and, and i think it would be there's a lot of yeah, like references yeah. to haitian history and stuff yeah. like that that i would actually like to take i don't know the, if he's the perfect take the time to explore that more but like i'm not paying like a thousand dollars for mixtapes or whatever so i've never gotten the full bundle of what you get when you order product from him but right. are the lyrics part of it Oh, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Right. Yeah, that's, right. A, that's like kind of a throw in thing. Like Dave and I are partners in a small label and uh, some of our artists want to include the lyrics. And mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Like you guys know I'm a nerd. Like right. I'm all about I would love to read the lyrics if it's important for, enough for you to put them. 100 percent. Like like, uh, like Bob Dylan didn't always include the lyrics, but there's always like a written piece to like his records. Right. Like, you, can, you can read the record yeah. jacket. It's writerly. Okay. I mean, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I think most particularly of the kind of like, I don't know what you call it, poem, essay, piece of writing that's on blood on the tracks. Like right. I, I've read that hundreds of times, totally. like sitting totally. there staring at the record. Like 100%. And like when things were more physical, you got more of that. Well, Public Enemy, and this is my introduction to lyrics on page was they used to include the full lyrics within so, I mean, it within did it include uh flavor flavors parts yeah <laughs> yeah how many e's on boy yeah yeah because like, <laughs> yeah boy yeah. chuck rapping at 122 bpm like you you kind of couldn't really catch all the content if you didn't right 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 if you sold their their cassette sleeves you used to be able to open Fold up out. well yeah. that's and an example like, of some shit i want to read yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? and you would read along, and it would it would deepen your understanding oh, 100%. of of what was happening there. I just I feel like we're moving further away from that. Perhaps my my Matt Kami example may not be the best, but I say sure, that because sure. what makes him amazing when I hear him being amazing, I go, "You deliver that in such a way that right. is so unique right. and yeah. could never." 
I almost feel like you can't write that. I know on my own journey no, as, I hear a, you. as an MC, right. there's certain shit I wrote and I'm like, ah, I forgot how I said well, that. Well, there's emphasis on delivery and with him, sort of lack of delivery and choice of For negative it. space. But right. I, yeah, I, I love lyrics. I love reading lyrics. Um, sometimes one word the wrong way, one word the right way will change the, its entire meaning. Totally. Right. So it's meaningful to me. But, but what we're encountering now is the uh, the wiki the wiki... The wiki sizing of rapper lyrics, and of course, I'm talking about rap genius. Yep. Uh, the site, a little bit controversial in the, the sense. not quite aptly named. No. no. <laughs> the website, which they uh. well, they started as a rap lyric repository, right. and then they rebranded right. as just genius because they wanted to like annotate the whole world or whatever. Exactly. exactly. Which like very few things need to be annotated. Yeah. And there have been so <laughs> many like infuriating moments where I just completely disagree with what will come by many to be seen as the definitive take on the meaning of lyrics Yuck. that are important to me totally right. and totally. i'm like no it's not right yeah right. and yeah. so right. there's kind of like famous things like Jimi hendrix supposedly saying like excuse me while i kiss this guy you know instead <laughs> of kiss the sky where it's <laughs> right, like a right, commonly right, right. misheard lyric right, and right, so right, in, right. when you bought are you experienced or whatever you'd look and you're like oh it's kiss the sky like, right, right, right now right. i know he's right. not gay no, right um, <laughs> but it's Th with rap, there's so many intricacies. Of course. And, like, and slang and mis- Only the artist could understand some of it. So it's cool, like Dave was saying off air, when the artist comes in and says what things mean. But I also find that to not be especially helpful. Like the uh, example I'll use is Jay-Z's book, Decoded. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like a coffee table book right, for like right. aunties. Right, basically. right, right. Like if you need Jay-Z to explain what he meant, you don't listen to it. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His exactly. shit's yeah. not complicated. Right, right. It's like I keep the heat on the uh, the counter like a microwave. Like, okay, <laughs> got know, you. It's like, yeah, yeah. we know. Um, got you. Right, that right. That means gun. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. I pack heat like the oven door. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My aunt gets that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I so, check cheddar like a food inspector. Right. It's yeah. not right. like it, it doesn't, it's not, it's a right. single entendre. Right. It's right. not, it's like, it's clever, but yeah. like. There's not the depth where you really have, need to I'm unpack not, it. I'm not like learning shit about life totally, and like, you totally. know, like. Mm -hmm exploring my soul with Jay-Z lyrics, but they're great lyrics. Yeah. But right. he took the time and he, he grew to be so famous to have a fan base that does not speak hip-hop. So right. he has to translate. Right. And so right. he had right. to translate it. I found the book to be very unhelpful. I found it to be poorly designed and frankly oh, no, to be no. over-designed. Yeah. And it looks like a like shoe I, advertisement. I, I, I have one of those books. I got it as a present. Yeah, for sure. From obviously n not a rap head. Yeah, they're like, that to me. oh, you don't you know understand I mean? lyrics, Dave. Yeah. You, can, you, you could use this You book. like the rapping. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, That's but, so so it's, it's faulty in the annotations, and I could also see where... Sometimes I find that people will put meaning into things that are actually just fly talk. Right. Yes. Like like you're yes. trying to infer meaning right. into something right. where I'm like, no, I think he was just getting to the next bar. Yeah. Yes. I don't think he totally. was really that meant all the things you think it means. Right. Um, and like, frankly, you just don't know. Like, who are yeah. you to say? And right. this is the right. problem right. with the wiki model. But yeah. isn't I mean, but isn't that just context of Internet in general? You know, you, yes. you take it with a grain of salt. Say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 difficult. And I know that um, your old Droog actually took his shit off. My old Droog? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's actually Dave's old Droog. Um, our, old the collective oh, yeah. we. Our old The royal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he took his shit off, right? Yes. He, so he has a little moment on the new record where he kind of talks shit about genius. And then, like, 
kind of maybe perhaps in retaliation to mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. like I don't know who started what or maybe he asked them to. He took his lyrics off of right, Genius. And right. the, the reason I saw that is because someone who's English is not their first language reached out to him <laughs> on Twitter and was like, hey, man, why'd you take your shit off Rap Genius? Like, I'm trying I don't speak English as your first language <laughs> and I'm really trying to understand it. And all he put was the uh, sunglasses wearing <laughs> kind of like smirk emoji. Yeah. And I was like, if that's what he wants, that's great. Poor Balky Bartakamus <laughs> reached out. I know. Well, I mean, like behind the scenes, there's a there was a bit of a sea change. I think um, Rap Genius started off uh, with like really noble, um, you know, a, a really noble desire to like do the right thing. Um, the person behind it was Andre Torres from uh, Wax Poetics. Okay. So then, you know, when he was at the helm, I think that's when it, it started to grow. Okay. And something happened where he left. And it seems like interns took over. Dude, they hired okay. Sasha Freer Jones away from the New Yorker. I know, I s- right, I'm right. Like, Get those checks, totally. but you left like the best job in the world right. to like work for this like freaking startup totally. website. Like, I don't remember if he ever actually published anything or I like d- who that. Knows? That seemed to not work out for him. Here's totally. my twenty-page annotation of the baby, <laughs> right? Baby <laughs> on baby. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, wow. So I'm not gonna say I don't use it. I do find it to be helpful. Um, but it's more like one source you consider. Like, I don't know if, how, if mm-hmm. you guys are like recipe followers or not. I am not. When I cook, if I want to cook a dish, I'll look up the top four or five mm. recipes on the internet. And get an idea. Synthesize the yeah. things that I want yeah. from it and then kind of freestyle it on my own. You know right? what I That's like exactly to do I is do. I like yeah. to read the long ass story before the recipe. That's my. <laughs> I'm like, how did you come up with the tuna casserole? You read Let the, me read. You read the Julia Child's bio before. <laughs> yeah. <that? laughs> I'm not against that, and I'm not against that I know, as me like neither, a style of writing. And it would be hard for me to publish a recipe without the personal essay because <laughs> I tend to speak in the form of sure. a personal essay in right. general. But I I grilled cheese has always meant something <laughs> special to me. I remember when my mom grilled some cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, what we need on Rap Genius. Is we need like long grilled cheese annotations. Yeah, I need I need Doom Mom's to be like <laughs> after my fourth blunt. I said, you know what, Goonie Goo Goo <laughs> and Lou. Cuckoo. Um, that's that's the rap genius I'll pay for. Yeah, I'll pay. Right. I'll I subscribe. All the Doom's annotations. Yes, I'll I'll subscribe off top. Yeah. So we know from like interviewing some rappers, and no offense to many great rappers that we have interviewed, sometimes they don't. They're not the most articulate about speaking about their own work. Sure. Like there's sure. there's ways to draw kind of the kind of you can't just ask them what does this mean right like, uh, they, right it, it right. Just right means what I said and shit is right. a very common answer right right um and it's like they they some of them are not super self-reflective about it and oftentimes you don't want to over explain right i had a lot it, it of experience is with what that. it is right it it's is what though it is. it's what i said and it's the way i said it and it had to do with the well, beat and the tempo and exactly. a lot of different choices went into this it's not an essay right. and it doesn't you, i you, i don't want to unpack is the term we would use in Agreed. cultural studies yeah. every nook and cranny of yeah. every like letter I wrote. Well, because sometimes it's just not there. Like I think the average rap nerd what they right. they don't want to know or, or understand is like a lot of times um you're getting to the next bar. It right. rhymed. Right. Yeah, right. it it rhymed and it it sounded dope and even, you know, even if you said it wrong or whatever mm-hmm. um you know, there's but then there are folks you know, I I remember somebody was uh was uh asking the artist formerly known as Milo. Um, he's rap Ferrera, R. A. P. Ferrera now. I believe that is. The um, case, yes. Somebody was asking him kind of that kind of question, like some of this shit is just right, mumbo jumbo, right. and he's like, no, 
<laughs> he's like, all this shit has meaning. You I know, don't like, think his is, but yeah. like, I, someday we're going to talk to him because he wants to talk to us someday, and we're very flattered by that. But uh, I'd like to get into that. I feel like you could have yes. that conversation. Oh, he's a goodness. thoughtful person. Right, right. Um, sometimes it, rappers don't want to explain themselves. Though. Totally. You know what I mean? oh, oh, right. Do you really want to know what Ghost meant by nutmeg? Totally. Or do you just want nutmeg so to wash So seasoning over the exactly. broth. Exactly. When you, yeah. No, well, I, you know, and sometimes when you put out art, it's no longer yours. Yes. It's the world's. Mm. So it can be chipped at in how many ways that it right. can be. And don't get mad when you, when you get asked about it is my other thing. It, I, I'm all over the map with this. <laughs> For Ra- sure. You must have had some kind of contentious angst. Yeah. conversations totally. about this, right? Totally. With a, many, many people. And, you know, Ghostface is one of them where, like, I'll ask him some shit and it's like, his answer is totally not worthy, but then you know, but then he'll he'll go off on a tangent, and it's brilliantly colorful. Right. So it's right. Uh, you you they're, know what you're getting with. They're not artists. giving you that that kind of annotation on demand. Right. Oh, no, right. No, that was high as shit. I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, totally. In our, I think we've probably referenced this way longer or more than the interview actually lasted. But when in our lost interview with a uh, crime apple, uh, Dave <laughs> asked him what he's reading, and he's like, I don't know, World Star <laughs> captions. <laughs> I think about that yeah. at least once a week. Yeah. It's almost yeah. been a year since that I happened. Know. And I yeah. think about that all the time. That's I'm like, hilarious. how can you be such a brilliant rapper if you don't read? But I don't know if he's fucking with us. Right, right. Being completely sincere. Right. Um, used to read, doesn't fucking read. I have no right, clue. Right. And honestly, it's way better. He he said a funny line and yeah. moved on exactly, with his life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he like, it, so this like what not do you to make the show too self referential, but the worst thing about this for us was when we interviewed Chris Crack, who is a, I would go so far as to say, does not think about his art. He just does, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he does what the what he does. I find very compelling, and we try to take our nerd overthinking right, ethos right. and ask him things about the way we were thinking about it, and he was basically like. In between bites, like I'm right. eating a hot just dog, just going like, yeah. nope, right, right. That, it, that's not what that is. Nope, totally. Well, nope. That, well I that, just do that shit. That's the disconnect with the listener and the artist, and and that works to the listener's advantage and the artist's advantage. Yes, too. interesting, you know I mean? interesting. Yeah, so it's like it can mean nothing, but to us, it's brilliant. Well, because there's a or mystery. vice versa. There's mystery there, right? Like everything is not like completely spelled out for you, which is a little bit weird for rap because um, rap is the most literal musical form. Like you want, if you want to roll or literate, literal, like, like you want money. You we're talking about money. I'm literally just going to be like, I right, get money. Right, 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 right. Right. I'm not going to dress right. it up. A in, soul song would say like, I'm searching for yeah, the whatever. Yeah, and a yeah. rapper's just like, fuck that. I want some money. I like, want money. Yes. I, yeah, so okay. it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where when you can find an MC again, like a, a Milo, um, I would love to if Dela would annotate oh their shit. Oh my god, that Pots would be news for days. I'll yeah. read a a, 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 a book. book. Right, right. I fell right. in love with this fish who got caught in my mesh, but Yoshi burned the scene, <laughs> scene up, up like, like David Koresh. It's like I kind of I I have an idea of what that means, and I don't really care what he thinks it means. Right, at right. This oh, point. Okay, I've okay. lived with it for twenty five years. It's yours I think now. it's fly as fuck. Yeah, right, and right, so I don't yeah. really need to know, but I would yeah. read it if there was an article. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Oh Absolutely. man, how about so yeah. an interesting kind of sidebar to this is like who owns the lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so part of I think mm-hmm. the the genius controversy and early internet. Um, kind of like cease and desist culture kind of controversies are like, is it okay to just post the lyrics without, is it the same as posting the song on YouTube or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, can you, should you even post other people's art? Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a whole creative mm. commons kind of conversation right, to be had over right. here. If you're not 
if you're not profiting, who cares? Like right, art right. is free to the world. But I, I think there are many artists who don't feel that way. They might not like the font. Right, 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 um, right, right. How you got me in Comic Sans, motherfucker? <laughs> my, shit, my shit is way more John Blaze than that. Totally. That was my diary in Comic Sans, dog. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing happened to me um, when I was writing a big profile of a rapper. Um, we had a kind of correspondence around it, and he ended up writing me like it's kind of like lyrics, but it's kind of like a poem. And I've always wanted to like put it up in the house somewhere, and it's mm. really special to dope, me and dope. like really important to me. But like, I don't know how to f- properly format it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like I don't. Yeah. It was like kind of like an email, so it's like sometimes emails fuck up the line breaks. And I'm such a nerd, I don't want to get it wrong. So I've just kind of not done right. the thing right. of like I'm right. like, do what do you go get some fancy paper like your right. wedding invitations? Like <laughs> how does one? Yeah, who you know, I'm not like a graphic design person. It's not like the language I speak. Um, but like, what's the right presentation? What's for the right presentation for this? And I want to get it right, so I'm, you know, it's been like a, it's over a year now, and it's like it's soup. No one's ever done that for me. Like that was really, really cool. So totally, totally. I want to like have it up and look at it and think. You don't go back and reread old emails that much. Totally, you know what I mean, totally, it's like totally, totally. I want it to be art in my house and like sure. a part of my like journey as like a writer and a sure. person who 100%. you know it's like delves into the depths of the art with people right. it's like a memento of that process and him and i clicked it was really right. cool right, talking right, to right, him like right. so anyway that's some lyrics i don't know what to do with and, <laughs> right. I, and I'm, I'm what i'm not gonna do is ask him what it means <laughs> Just to right. back right. to this conversation well, it, it yeah. comes back to the the notion of ownership right who, who fucking owns your words and and how you want them to be seen yeah. And are they your words? Right. Once, once, you once, de- they, once they're out, once you to, deliver them. Because to yeah, to return to what you said, like once it's out in the world, is it yours no longer anymore, yours? Or is right. it just like part of the ether? Right. You know, uh, you paint a painting, and people can fucking a million people. They can. can a million they can different... think what they want. Right. They can. Well, right. here's it. Here's what it is. Our interpretations of the art are ours. To your point about Dela, it almost doesn't matter if they came back and said, no, this was about X this or Y. Because yeah, this, yeah. this, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. this is how I've experienced it, right? This is how I've experienced it. But if we want to get technical, the words and how they're constructed are there. It is like everything. That's, I know, that's I know. their property. I think it's different as like, for I'm not an aspiring rapper, right? So right. Like, anymore. I, 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 take, <laughs> I, take thing, <laughs> I take things in as a fan. Right, like right. we do this podcast, and I've been thinking about this a lot based on the interview we had with Vic Spencer. When you guys hear this, it will have been three shows ago or three weeks ago, um, where I, he kind of made me think a second time about the, how the podcast is an active performative fandom. Mm-hmm. And he didn't phrase it like this. He mm-hmm. said some things about his direct to fan album model, and I really would stress that you guys go back and listen to it. I thought he said what he said about why he does that was profound. Um, And I kind of wasn't expecting it from him, and it was fucking dope that he, like, had this, like, so, that he had thought so much about it, and Mm -hmm. I thought was really, really cool. And I've been thinking about what he said a lot, and so I want to be the right kind of fan, right? Like, so we are a, we are a part, a very small part, but a part of the promotional apparatus sure like last week we had derringer on because he's got a new record and right. it's right. cool to right. catch people right. on their press cycle because right. they're doing a lot of interviews and they're thinking about their work and like but we've also done things where we like reached for people who are not at a place in their mm-hmm. career where mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of interviews and sometimes you get unexpected results out of that but i also don't consider what we do to strictly be journalism mm-hmm. like we're not here to document 
so much like sure the you, sure. Can, you can tell by the number of sure. errors we make that <laughs> right, this right. Is, uh, so yeah. at the end of the day and obviously dave's a real writer who has real <laughs> bylines and damone is a real artist who's got real records but i'm just a fan so my fandom needs to be kind of like a supporting mechanism that like mm. i can help interpret and define artists sure. work for people who may not have thought about it in the way that we sure. did. And so where does this fall in the spectrum of like mm. interpreting lyrics? Right. You can ask them. And if they don't give you a good answer, you can kind of move on with your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be a dickhead fan. Like there's yeah, a lot yeah. of those, that yeah. video of those like entitled white boys trying to film Earl and he smacks the phone out of their hand. Brilliant. I don't want to be favorite like Earl record. Yes. Totally. I don't want to be like the podcast version of that. I'm not going to do some gotcha questions no, and no. i'm not going to be disrespectful i appreciate right. when people give us their time but i'm and i'm also not going to like try to i will ask about interpretations of specific lyrics at times and even with production like sound yeah. and stuff like yeah. sure, i think sure. of our kenny siegel album yeah. or um i'm interview. sorry interview about hiding places i'm kind of wanted him to tell me like there's this weird guitar tone on the <laughs> album what <laughs> right. does it mean mm -hmm. and he did mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. fucking amazing yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's why i do right. this i i get to ask the question and get the answer 100%. but i'm not going to like not sleep at night of course of if course. they don't say what i want them to of right? Course, right so it's right. being open no to should. accept the the answer even if it's not an answer is i guess where i'm going with sure 100 percent. yeah I, I think the the mystery there you know it's like any relationship right like you you don't if you knew if we knew everything about what everybody thought about everything the shit would be boring oh my like, god the, the, right, that's the right. worst world yeah totally. right yeah. that's why like when, like what would you want your super power to be like reading people's thoughts would be the worst. No. That's the worst. I no. don't want to read people. Totally. Right. No. I right. just want to fly away from them. I, I don't want to know what anyone thinks. I want to transport, that's all. Totally. I barely want to know what they say. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> let alone want to know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's it's one of the, and that's a very interesting point you brought up, bringing it back to the Vic Spencer and the relationship between uh, fan, fan and artist. The internet has flattened things to such a wild degree, and I think this is true of sports if we're talking about bad fans. Um that people feel a level of <laughs> access that they don't actually have right. and they're not actually entitled to. Yes. Um, so it's this weird moment where people feel so connected um, to the artists that they love or the athletes that they love that they feel like they can say things. I'm like, you, how are you adding a person and saying this? Like, I this feel is like not the term that kind of defines that is people get a s kind of sense of like familiarity. Right. Don't get familiar. Like, don't get familiar. Yep. Like do you don't know me. Like you might yeah, have totally. followed me yeah. for years and like think you know it's a one way relationship. Exactly. Like, right. They don't know exactly. you. Right. Right. And like <laughs> another funny term that has been on Twitter, and I really try not to be like this though. At times, I can't help myself. Is don't be a reply guy. <laughs> <laughs> like. A Especially like a lot of like comedians and especially like female comedians that I follow. Like there's people who always try to like one up the their joke, joke right, or explain yeah. their joke back to them. And it's like yeah. that's being a bad fan. Don't right. step Just on don't step on the punchline. Just the take joke. it. Just take it and go. They yeah. have this little button with the heart that you can show them you appreciate <laughs> right. the joke. Right. Don't be right. a reply guy. Totally. Damn. Totally. Unless you're hitting us up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Dad by rap pod. I still fuck with you, but we we fuck with reply guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> so I, I think that's very interesting, but just on the, the kind of to get to a kind of place of summary on the lyric thing, I love it, but it's not necessary, right? And the, no. it, there's not besides no. genius, there's not like much of a repository as as physical 
throw-ins and like lyric sheets no. and right, stuff right, like no. kind of aren't a part of it anymore i don't find myself missing it i also don't have time to read lyrics totally, well, totally but totally. but but, but also it's there for to be a resource you know it, what I mean? It, there should, I think, on some level, yes, having a, a central place for all of that—that's where the internet's at its right, best, right? right, Is right. It the aggregation of 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 information. Genius exists because there, uh, there was a need for it. There's right? somebody. Yes. There's a there's a hunger for that information and right. to be able to go somewhere. Because when I was doing. Uh, hip hop after school programs and trying to teach eighth graders to rap, which is impossible actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> I would go and try to print out lyrics, and this was kind of pre rap genius, but that shit was just wild, sketchy. Like, yeah. if you think rap genius is bad, oh, totally. You're Before on some Geo Cities website yes, of that's like <laughs> that's somebody boys typed up. lyrics from like '98. Like, no, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, it was uh, super. I want to bring this up. I feel like I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but the, one of the first things that I found on the internet that like proved the internet was useful to me was some guy i'm assuming it was a guy it could have been a lady probably not when you hear what it is <laughs> went through and annotated every single sample and reference in paul's boutique Whoa. did you guys ever come yeah. across no, that in your no, early internet that. travels Jeez. i wish such a thing still existed and it was kind of getting at what genius is now but it like went way further okay so it's like you know i think this is on paul's boutique i might be fucking up the chronology but it's like I got more hits than Sadahara O. Yeah. It's like you now, hover over yep. and actually probably at that time you had to click and go to a different page and they're like, Sadahara O is a Japanese mm -hmm. baseball yeah. player. No, I remember I remember like, literally finding out who he was and going, oh, that's who they're talking about. Like right. back in the day, right, that's, right. that's all you had. I, I was no, thinking totally, about this in totally. terms of, uh, of Fife. Fife had a series of lines that literally took me 20 years right. to catch up. Same, it's, same. Until the documentary came out. When he was like, let me save the little man from inside the boat, clitoris. Didn't understand that that was a euphemism. <laughs> uh, bust off on your couch. Now you got Siemens furniture. I thought he literally just meant, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I didn't get the double entendre right, piece right, of it, right. right? And so that's how kind of how it was. Like, you just had to kind of figure shit and out. And that's dope. And I don't want to go to a website and be like, this is a couch brand and also what semen is <laughs> called. Know. You know what I mean? But it's I, like I also don't want to take 25 years to understand a rap lyric, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I was just saying that shit. Before I actually found the clitoris, I was just <laughs> saying Fife Dog's rendition of it. But I hear you. I hear you. You don't want yeah. it to make it, like, I don't know, feeding candy, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. spoon-fed. Yeah. You know? And then to get back to Vic Spencer's kind of point that kind of ease of access um is something that he's actually trying to flip he's like you gotta work a little bit yes to get this now you'll get a, a bigger interaction from me but you have to kind of put in the if time it, and effort too as a fan yes and which it, i thought was amazing it's the nipsey hustle yes like kind of popularized proud to pay model mm -hmm. and i actually mm -hmm. saw one of our buddies right. uh, ray resurrection using pay. that exact phrase right. yeah. for his record he's going to put it out on streaming next week or it's probably out by now brick top jimmy now. uh by ray yep. resurrection yep. Shout, shout out, out to, to the Shea. homie um and he's like, but if you're if you're fucking with me, you'll get it early. You'll get a couple extra things. And it's it's only eight bucks. Like, it's right. like I thought it was cool the way he did it. And like, I like that. And you kind of see where you stand. Right. Right. Like, right. we're all right. looking for data. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like mm -hmm. if we started a Patreon, uh, maybe five people would fuck with no, it. Totally, you know what totally. I mean? It's like, but out totally. of the hundreds who listen, you, you as you ask things from them, you winnow down the number 100%. of people who yeah. really. Like, really fuck with you like yeah, that? Like, yeah, to put yeah. money out of your pocket? 100%. I like a lot of things. I don't do any Patreons. Totally. It's not a thing. Well, I've I mean, like, Bandcamp is that. Bandcamp is that. And totally. It just sits there. 
Totally. You know, it's like I listen to every Bandcamp song. I've never paid anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. You bastard. <laughs> 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 Fucking buy something. <laughs> Golly. I have I have like four, maybe five Bandcamp artists that I I fuck with on that kind of premise of like, yeah. you know, your shit is is here. It's fringe enough to where I'm like my seven dollars means something. Yes. Totally, to what, totally, to totally, what you're totally, doing, totally, right? Totally, totally. Um, I'm proud to pay for records. I buy records. Yeah. Right? If you got vinyl, I'll, I'll you're pay totally. way, way more than seven right. in some cases. Right. You're to support a fossil like fuel guy. I get in it. a way, I get I, it. yeah. Single yeah. use plastic, man. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But it lives forever. Yeah, Fucking yeah. vinyl lives forever. Yeah, you yeah. pay for the first listen. After that, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. That's that should be a bumper sticker, Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, so so in summary, um, rap genius, maybe not a genius, but <laughs> uh, one last thing I know yes. we're trying to summarize. It's it, it in a way because it's like venture funded and it's kind of like. It just feels white. I don't know if people yeah, started yeah, are yeah, actually yeah, white. Yeah. It feels very white. It, the way it's laid out well, and what they called it, that's just some white shit. No, it doesn't feel Mexican. I know it when I see it. It feels white. Right? Um, there, there's certain feelings. It's like how the guy who founded Spotify is going to be a billionaire, but all the artists on Spotify make like 10 cents exactly. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Rap Genius has a little air of that like entitlement 100%. kind of thing. It's like, oh, now my art makes you millions. Yeah. Right. And so right. that's why I think that's part of the reason why people the don't colonial fuck with aspect it. Of yeah. The colonial aspect yeah. of it. There's yeah. no like title version of of rap uh, genius, rap genius right. except yeah. for i think title for their core artists like your jay-z's and what they will put the lyrics they put the lyrics yeah. right mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's a kind of a, a a workaround yeah on that and to keep it within the artists and to do the better rates and stuff like that really does have meaning right. no no and it, it's time for us to decolonize our lyrics um our lyric aggregation <laughs> um sorry that was just laying there uh so yeah d- definitely the siemens furniture <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, can I'm sorry. i do the segue go ahead <laughs> alley-oop to you nate <laughs> segue uh, just because you were you were i wasn't a, here another <laughs> engagement when yeah. you did it so we're gonna shift gears um we have an interview with uh brian of rap zines who um they, actually this kind of ties in that was not accidental um he is one of the foremost collectors of rap magazines in the world and his archive um which resides uh, just down the road a little bit in salinas california um wow. is an extensive um source of hip-hop information and like he's a super cool cat we really enjoyed talking to him so this is our interview with brian from rap zines <laughs> Dad bod rap pod um, always bringing you the best guests um, this is a cat that we connected with on Instagram because he has an insane collection of hip-hop related magazines and ephemera want to welcome to the show Brian from rap zines how you doing good man how you doing excellent um, thank you for being on the show I have to say um, Instagram is like we for like a year we didn't have an Instagram because we stupidly thought there was no good way to represent the show and its ethos, like visually. But it turns out we're just idiots. That's where everyone is who like cares about hip hop. <laughs> so we've like found this like community, including interacting with cats like you, 
and your kind of collection and your kind of niche is super suited for that square format. Um, so you have a really awesome account. Everyone should follow at rap zines, but can you just kind of tell us how you got started collecting rap magazines and a little bit about like what you're, what kind of what you get out of it? Yeah. You know, um, I was a teenager, you know, growing up, I started listening to hip hop and, um, it really, it really morphed into something more than it was going to be because it was just, um, that was my internet, you know, back in the days before we even had the internet. For sure. You wanted to hear, check out the new uh, albums or something like that or what was coming out, what what your favorite artist was doing. You know, that was pretty much the way you would go about finding out information. And, you know, I used to like to buy a lot of cassette tapes and records and CDs. And so that was kind of uh, something that I used for that. But at the same time, I'm a real visual person, so I love the covers and uh, the artwork and the photography that was done in it. So it pretty much um, pretty much just started that way. And, you know, I used to really respect the magazines because I go back and look at them, so I made sure that I took care of them. And then after a little while, you know, it was because most of the magazines were based in New York that I used to get at first and then stuff like Double XL and then, you know, 4080, Murder Dog, there's stuff out on the West Coast, um, Rap Pages, all that stuff. I just started wanting more information. It was just a matter of, you know, just wanting to know more. So I just kept all of it. And I, you know, I used to go back and reference some of it and uh, look for things that I might've missed or something I wanted. And it just became a passion of mine because I really enjoyed, like I said, the artwork too of the covers and having some of my favorite artists. And then, <laughs> after that it became kind of an obsession for a little while so yeah, you know i, 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 I started I'm a record collector <laughs> I'm, I'm very familiar with that itch <laughs> yeah there was a time in my life where it was right never enough like, yeah like why am i why am i getting this because it's just you know you have a passion for it or it's something that you really you know it's something you enjoy so that was the same thing with me and for the longest time i um i actually thought you know it was weird you know that i was the only one out there kind of doing this kind of thing and so, but I enjoyed it, so I didn't really care what anybody thought. So, is there um, a broader just, like magazine collecting world that we don't know about that you're a part of? Is there people who like collect like New Yorkers and interview magazines and stuff like that, or is it pretty much just like a hip hop thing for you? You know, um, there's magazine collectors in general, and then there's people who are you know specifically want want a certain artist. Um, there's collectors who collect. Uh, I know one guy who who collects nothing but uh, hip-hop magazines from 1996. <laughs> I guess that's his key year. Wow. It goes down all the way from, you know, but He's got as that far as, like, mentality. for me, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you know? And so it, it it's really, it's interesting because right now um, people are starting to look at um, these magazines and the articles that are inside as more of, artifacts and stuff that they want to dig deeper into it because um you know a lot of this stuff you can't get anywhere anymore mm. you know a lot of the even if you look online a lot of the internet stuff it's it's just regurgitated uh, information that's going back and forth through right. there so now they're trying to get a deeper insight into the story and once you, if you if you cut out the internet when the internet was born everything beyond before that is in these pages a lot of it is in these pages that's a part of it not the whole story but there's a lot of interesting stuff in their photos and interviews that people had and people are starting to barely go back and use it for research too so um it's taking on a kind of a different um 
different collection. Now I kind of call it the archive because, you know, they, like, people people come and ask about it or when they're doing research on something, you know, I get a lot of people hit me up that they're looking for a specific, hmm. you know, article on Nas or something, you know, so right on. It, it, it just more, it kind of morphed into that. But it, at the time, like I said, go, going, I was going off track with that whole collecting it. It just became a passion of mine. And then, you know, there, there was more magazines coming out and then down South started getting hot. So there was a lot of stuff coming from down South. And so I just, took it head on and just looked everywhere i was i was driving through everywhere in the in the on the west coast with a craigslist you know wow. meeting up with shady people just for a box of <laughs> a box of magazines not knowing if it was my last time i was gonna uh, grab some magazines you know ebay started popping up you know how that whole everything morphed like that sure. and hey brian i just i just kept at it hey brian uh, how many pieces of memorabilia would you say you own um, as far as magazines, I have, um, I have 3,400 magazines, um, already like cataloged. Wow. wow. And that's not including duplicates, of course, because if you count duplicates, I probably have about another three quarters of that in duplicates. Wow. But, you know, I mean, wow. just from buying, you can't really you have up it, with the same issues over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you, especially if you buy in bulk, you know, if somebody has a collection, you don't just pick through them i'm just like i'll take them all just bring them all up yeah. so hmm. a it, lot of times i ended up with like you know i got like maybe 10 copies of 50 cent on the cover of double xl or something like that <laughs> you know so you know it go it, you, it goes along with it like that but um that's the magazine part um i just actually this year finished cataloging that part of it so i'm at about 3400 right now and then I'm I'm just looking at the records and the tapes and the CDs and all the like actual like shirts and anything promo items and all that. I I don't even know how to even start with that stuff right now. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just taking it day by day, you know. Right on. So uh, um, I, I really don't oldest, have a count. Uh, piece that you have or oldest magazine that you have. Ooh, as far as magazines, I think I have. Um, I have some late seventies, early eighties, um, newspaper, um, type magazines. And they're actually, it's funny because I don't even, I'm trying to think which one it is right now, but I know Grandmaster Flash is on the cover with Blondie. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Not Blondie, but yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a UK magazine. Oh, Debbie wow. Harry, yeah. Wow. They're always and, cool um, us. It's on, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think it's from, um, I think it's from a UK based uh rock magazine oh cool that had him on the cover but a lot of it you know stretches um i got a lot of early 80s stuff i got one of my favorite magazines which was called focus magazine and it had a uh, kumo d and ll cool j stepping over buildings <laughs> like they're ready for war <laughs> that's awesome you know stuff like that from the early 80s stuff like that but um as far as the oldest um probably somewhere around there i couldn't make an exact count but i think it was it was at uk magazine with uh, cool. grandmaster flash that's amazing yeah um do some of these trade for big bucks you know they really do mm. i i've never like i said I, it was never something to do for profit so um i really even when i sell something it's like i put a price on what it means to me instead of what the market right. is as much yeah but um sometimes i have to give something something away because i had a guy in um i want to say he was from uh, somewhere in the middle east and he contacted me on my site and i um 
I was able to purchase uh, Death Row when they went bankrupt. Their um, magazine collection that was in the office is in there. Wow. And uh, one of them, yeah, one of them had um, an early, it's probably, it, a lot of people call it the Holy Grail, but I mean, you know, it's debatable for people that are into like Death Row, but it has a picture of uh, Dr. Dre and Suge Knight on the cover, and it has like weird logos that when Death Row was still trying to like figure out what their logo was. Wow. And wow. it's really hard because it's it's an independent it's a it's called Bree magazine and it's more for like industry in, insiders. Okay. So it was never out on the newsstands. It was more for you know, it had all the top uh, plays for the radio and you know it was for people that were within the business just so they can look through it and see you know what was coming out. Yeah, a trade for them. publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that one, you know, he reached out to me on um, on my website and he was like, uh, "Would you like to sell?" that magazine i was like not really <laughs> and i had a duplicate i had a duplicate of it but he um he he said i said if you give me a crazy number i might and he he dropped out 1500 and i was like okay deal right. and i shipped it off the next day because you know <laughs> exactly i was already mailing it before i even got paid yet but you know so it's like something like that i mean there, if people really want something, I mean, and it's hard to find. Yeah, I, I understand it. You For know, sure. I, I, I see. I've started to see it a lot now, but at the same time, like I'm not really into that part of it. I'll sell stuff on my on my website, but like I said, the prices on there are. If you really want it that bad, or you know, to put, make me go dig for it and uh, ship it to you, this is what it feels like for me. Sure, but it's not as far as uh, you know. I've heard people pay some ridiculous numbers a lot of people look for a lot of tupac stuff from me from Ooh, me and interesting i still uh, yeah there's a there's a especially for some of the older stuff too not just um that stuff but you know it's start, starting to become harder and harder to find some of this stuff even for some publications that were out like um like um like i said rap pages are starting to become really um hard to find and everybody mm. wants the old word up magazine because of the right. beautiful pic uh fold out posters that were inside and all the, all the, I mean, it was all color, you know, yeah. most and of it was all a dream. Of color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that gives it a little push too, but even those things, I mean, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but like those things sell sometimes for like 50 to $150 a piece, depending on what issue. Wow. You know? so, Brian, are there, um, I mean, are there particular, particular pieces in your collection that are your most prized ones and which ones are those you know what i you know i do i i have and most of them are like for me i guess as a collector of these i mean some of those things that that make it for me is it has to have a beautiful cover number one it has to be something that has a story behind it either it was really hard for me to find or i've never seen it somewhere else and the content inside is like you know there's some weird content inside it takes it takes a couple of things like that for me to really really figure out like which ones are my favorites and a lot of times when i think about it they come down to um i have a um, magazine called hits magazine which is another industry insider magazine and um it has snoop on the cover and i think i posted it to instagram actually I, i'm pretty sure i did because i framed it i finally framed it because i said this is one of my favorites hmm. and it's just him sitting on a stool all blued out with a blue background and the hits magazine is a really hard one to find too. And, um, there's actually some tidbits inside that magazine about Snoop that, you know, just talking to him directly that 
were, was kind of cool. So, like something like that is a really uh, one of my favorites. And then anything with Public Enemy on the cover, you know, in the in the scene where they're in the uh, jail cell, mm-hmm. or um, it takes a nation. No, is it, it takes? Yeah, it takes a nation of millions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Um, I love those fo- uh, photos right there, and I think that was uh, Glenn Friedman who took those photos, mm-hmm. and he took a lot of shots from within there. So you see a lot of different um, different um, pics from that from that one day. So that's cool. Those are some of my favorite right there, and then I have a couple of rare ones, some Bay Area magazines. I have a um, I have a Murder Dog magazine with E40 on the cover, which is like a really rare one to find. And uh, he actually is um, brandishing a pistol on that oh, one. Oh wow! <laughs> and and it's it's a, a oversized one, and it's in like almost like you know the newspaper format, the kind of bigger ones that right. that they used to have yeah, before they got all shiny and glossy, before they got all P Diddy on us, <laughs> you know. So we had um, that one is one of my favorites too. And I mean, I could go down the list. I have an ego trip with Smith and Wesson on the cover that just incredible picture they use some kind of filtering to make it look like a yellow um, day mm. and they're just sitting on a they're sitting on a um some steps of a of a built by a building and it's just the whole picture of it is incredible plus it's an ego trip an ego trip is one of my favorite magazines too so absolutely the gold I mean, standard we, we could sit here for another hour and i could tell you all my favorite <laughs> magazines but they're, they're all like my little my, my children it's hard yeah. to hard to pick which one but that's awesome man we can i like, mean i got something passion. like that it's yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So for sure. when we were kind of setting up the interview, I asked you to think about a couple of facts that you that are like you were able to glean from your collection that are not like well known or like Wikipedia a bull. Like, what are some insights that you've gained from reading the magazine beyond like just collecting? You know, I, I was thinking about that too, and and I was thinking the first things that came to my mind, and they they come in different. Um, there's different information in there that that is not online that you look at and one of them was um just actually a specific interview with somebody because sometimes they say stuff in there and you get a better sense of what they were thinking at that time sure in their career and i was looking at one that really uh caught my attention that i i've always thought about that one and it was it was called um uh club magazine and it, that was out of the Bay Area, too. And it, it was just, I don't even know how many are out there. I rarely see those either. And, uh, and it, it, I think it was from uh, 92. No, it was from 93. Somewhere around 93. And they had uh, they had an interview with uh, uh, Boots, Boots Riley okay. from uh, The Coup. And he's talking about it. And I actually cross-referenced it with Google. I just went on Google and I was checking it. And, um, you know, they talk about when the group uh, formed and they're pretty vague, you know, when the group was formed and they go through little things about all the different um, different things that they did. But when you read that article inside the club, he starts talking and going in depth about how he used to work at the UPS with E-Rock. And and even the time frame that he's talking about kind of shows that they really formed closer to 90 than what um, Google tells you, I think, 92. Okay. And that, that's like really that's really tight, like nerdy stuff to like, you know, it's just, Oh yeah. It's just a little fraction in there, but matters you know, to me, man. That's what we're here is, for. <laughs> no, it really does. Yeah. Because what happens is I, I've noticed a lot of people, what they do is they just regurgitate that Google information instead of going back and studying when was the exact 
days, you know. Unless well, I don't know if you saw it, but, else, um, but the journalist Dart Adams published a big piece on DJ Booth about this. Um, I think it was last week or it might be a couple weeks ago by the time this airs about how it's not uh, that hard to actually research if you have a, a few skills like in access to the library. And, you know, it's like it's not that hard to just get it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I see it all the time. I see discrepancies when I'm watching something. And I'm like, I don't think that's true right there. And I'll go back and look at something. But, you know, it's things like that, even though it's not like a huge deal to a lot of people. And actually, one of the guys I was talking to, uh, I don't know if you know um, Joseph Patel, but he did some stuff in the Bay Area. But he was the same thing. He was telling me about my my collection is that a lot of that stuff that like is very um, important. But at the same time, he's not sure if it's more of a nerdy thing to find facts like that or if that's like a big deal to to people I to me it, it is obviously i think, you know, I think but... correcting it and using primary sources from the artist's mouth is important and like i don't know it does matter i'm not gonna like spend all my time researching minutia there's like macro trends and like kind of like uh subtext that's important as well but it i think if we are trying to like be good stewards of the culture we should try to get the facts right 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 for sure you know, and, oh, and another one that I was thinking about is there's a magazine out of out of the Bay called The Yay. And as you can tell, a lot of, a lot of my magazine collection, because I'm here in uh, Salinas, a lot of it um, is West Coast based, but I have huge amounts of East Coast stuff. It's just it's easier for me to get here. So sure. I get a lot of those independent magazines that are coming out of the Bay Area. And there was one called The Yay that came out in the early 2000s. And uh, it's funny because this kind of is the thing that, caught my attention is that there was a guy in there and he wrote an article and he wrote it just like we're talking right now. It was, he, he didn't filter anything. He didn't even, I don't even think he, uh, uh, he, uh, spell checked the thing, <laughs> but he just, he just basically went through it. And the whole, the whole story he told in about maybe three paragraphs was how, uh, two short and two live crew had a concert in Sacramento at, um, this place apparently called the colonial. Okay. I've never, I don't know where that is, but yeah. he said that they canceled. So, the whole story is because he was there, was talking about how NorCal Underground, which was the people putting it on the show on, and how they didn't show up, and what was happening there, and how they had these these, these girls up on stage. And so the story he's telling in there about, about what happened, um, I've never known about it. And obviously, it's just a small, little, tiny tidbit of information, but... If, I'm sure if nobody read that piece of article that was inside that Yay magazine, that nobody really would ever document that, or sure. it would it would be lost in history of hip hop. Right. You know, and and so I think about little things like that because that's one of the things that switched my brain to preserving now, mm-hmm. is because every day we're losing parts of history that people are not going to tell the story or it's not going to continue on. Totally. You know right. what I mean? So. We, we lose even that, even though somebody, you never know, there might be somebody that wants to know something about Two Live Crew and their tours and stuff like that, or Too Short, or I'm sorry, yeah, for Too Short, but, you know, that, that little tidbit of what was happening at that place when he goes into who showed up, what was happening in there, all that little tiny um, part of that history will be gone forever. Yeah, for and sure. And it doesn't seem like much, but every day we're losing stuff like that. Every single day we're losing a totally. part of that history. Absolutely. You so, know, that, um, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I just had one thing I wanted to kind of wrap up with. Um, 
I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong on any of the facts here, like we were just saying, um, you were able to lend part of your archive to the Annenberg Center um, as part of an exhibit they're doing. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about that and kind of how that came to be and um, all that stuff? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. You know, um, it's a long trail of people, but um, maybe, you know, and going back to what I said about my my collecting, it was something that I had kept secret to myself, like all my collection. And at one point when I made my website, it was more of, why am I hoarding this information or these pictures? So I made my website. That's what it was originally for. So once it was up, I started getting people contacting me and uh, they actually were doing a documentary in New York. The girl that was doing the documentary, Sarita Gate, she came down, flew in in from New York and uh, did a documentary. Wow. She introduced me to another gentleman who was involved with uh, the uh, universities up there because I told them I might be interested in giving it to a a university that will use it for research. But they have to use it for research. Not just to, I don't want to give it to somebody to purchase. It needs to be used for research. So from that point on, they connected me because Vicky was looking for these articles and these photos and stuff. Um, Vicky Toback, who did the Contact Eye book, which was featured at Annenberg, mm. she reached out to me. She's like, do you have this and that? And I go, yeah, I got three or four of them. <laughs> and so we went through my collection, the ones that they were going to uh, use for the gallery over there, and I shipped them off. And they took the Biggie Rap Pages magazine, the iconic one where he's wearing the crowns yeah. uh, on his head. For sure. Um, they took the Goody Mob that's that's over there posted. There's a uh, the Double XL Great Day in Hip Hop History. Yeah. The Greatest Day, the one that folds out. That one's out there. They had a few others, but I don't I don't not sure if they're going to use them. But that's what happened, and um, it was beautiful, man. If yeah, you haven't been down cool. to LA to see that, it's really beautiful just to see the artwork and some of those photographers, like like you said, they did the, they did a they, they were showing their contact sheets. So right you see a lot of photos that people have never seen. You know, everybody's talking about the Biggie one because on the outtakes of it, he's smiling on one, he's acting a fool on another one, <laughs> you know? So it's really interesting to see stuff like that. And they had all these different photos going on in there. And that's how it got involved. And then that's where, where it is right now. All my all my little babies are over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, give the people you're at on Instagram and your website one time just so they know how to find you and get in, get in touch about all of this magazine-related uh, kind of like scholarly kind of take on the collecting game. Yeah, for sure. Rapzines. It's on rapzines.com, and my Instagram is uh, at rapzines. And I also, before we wrap up, I want to give a shout-out to whoever uh, – Put on that George Costanza um, um, little skit at the end of one of your podcasts. Right there. <laughs> I was hoping I can. I was hoping I can get it on a mixtape or something. That's like that. awesome. That I, I'm so glad. I was just <laughs> telling the guys. I'm like, I don't think anybody caught that. Like, does anybody really listen to the end? Um, that was the producer Obliv because oftentimes when we call people. They don't pick up on the first time because it's an unfamiliar number or because, like, who in God's name wants to talk on the phone these days? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> right. we, we happened to catch that while the, the tape was running, so to speak, and I just tacked it on at the end as a little bonus. So thank you for noticing my little nerdy producer yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I appreciate you guys, man. Like I said, next time you guys need to come down because, like I said, a lot of it is visual. 
Mm, you guys yeah. need to come down, eh? You guys are always welcome to come to my place. And, I appreciate uh, just, that, Brian. Appreciate Thank that, you. I, I'm I'm sure you guys would have fun just looking through everything. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. We we'll uh, we'll set something up. Um, appreciate your time, everybody. Check out Rap Zines. Um, and Brian, you have a good night. Hey, you too. Dead by Rap Pod. That was our interview with Brian from Rap Zines. Um, yeah, that t- to be the foremost collector, um, I think is pretty fucking incredible, especially now that the rap magazine is dead. Totally. totally. Uh, and He's, some of the stuff that he talked about that he owns is ridiculous. I mean, you talk super about super cool, man. It's like, a, it's like he owns the Honus Wagner of. Yeah, of, uh, rap scenes. And, totally. crazy. and hopefully he doesn't fucking have to end up selling that shit to the Smithsonian. Like <laughs> I, I am here for the decolonization of rap artifacts. Like fuck every college that's like, oh, I'm buying Ben Bada's whole fucking record collection. I'm I, getting all the flyers. Like I don't agree with anything you're saying. <laughs> um, Thank you, collegiate. I, I happen to have some insight onto this because of the Cut Chemist interview, which will someday see the light of day that I'm working on. He got access to that, um, right. th- those archives, and the guy uh, Johan Kuckelberg is his name. Who, of course. who arranges <laughs> the sale of these um, archives. archives to these universities. Like, one has a fucking dope life and right. has, like, found this niche in between academia and art that is monetizing things for the artists that would otherwise, like, sit in storage right, lockers, right, dude. Right. Like, it's kind of their last big payday. Which yeah. is which is, uh, which is unfortunate that we have to sell out, that our favorite artists have to sell off the cultural artifacts to institutions who will put them under glass like a dead butterfly. It, they I, didn't I, put them under glass. They literally let Shadow and Cut Chemist go and take them around the world. And, like, you can, vi- you and I could go and get permission to go look at Africa Bambata's fucking spacesuits. He's a bad example because of what we all know what happened sure. with him. But <laughs> it just happens to be the one I've talked to someone who was involved with it about. Um I think it's, it's less it's, under it's, glass than you think if it's, you put a not, little effort into going and like libraries are not glass. They're active institutions when, that you when, can go and interact with at any time you want. When you have something up in Stanford that is actually not true. After working with uh Adisa Abanjoko who was on the program who did a hip hop exhibit uh up in Oakland. No, you actually have to work to get permission. And they actually don't give it to everybody because they're like, no, these are ours. So if there, yeah, if there's a, if a benefit, if you have some juice, um, you, Nate LeBlanc, go try to listen to the Black Panther records that they have tucked away at Stanford and see how far you get. You know what I mean? That's academia. Um, this is a wild, deep subject for our outro. <laughs> um, I hate that word. Yeah. Is, what, is uh, what is this, a Gwyneth outro? No. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, We're I consciously I, uncoupling with this subject right now because yeah. it's too complicated for an outro. But I, we should continue this debate some other time. Absolutely, um, Argyle Nate versus. I uh, don't I don't think you're giving enough credit to the fact that um, the artists don't want the shit sitting around. They need something to do with it. Okay, 
Like, I mean, and, and it's, most it's, records don't. Most artists don't own copies of their own records. Right. Which which is sad on a whole another level. They made choices. I, you can sell it for thirty bucks when it first comes out, or sell it for three hundred bucks after it becomes rare, or you can keep it. Keep it for what? Well, I mean, if you have, let's put it this way. Prince is not offering up his shit. He had all of his shit, but he was successful enough as an artist to be able to. I think what you're talking about is like, yeah, once our heroes hit Palookaville and they need and they need the bread, yeah, of course they're going to sell to the Smithsonian. I get it, but that is kind of that's two sad stories that are coupled that I I I'm not quite comfortable with. I think they can be very cool stories that end up benefiting everyone, but it doesn't matter. Um, for that now, was rosy. We will we will <laughs> have to debate welcome this to our last time. episode. Of <laughs> yeah, Bad by Rap Pod. If I can survive <laughs> shitting on some rap songs, I will be here forever, um, and that is my new mantra. So, uh, Dad by Rap Pod. If you want to uh, continue to hear us argue week after week, check us out. Um, um, on where all the fly fucking podcasts are at, we're there. Like, rate, subscribe. Um, argue back with us on Twitter uh, at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Check us out on Instagram uh, at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Also on Facebook, um, and we have we have a Spotify channel too that has actually some playlists, a growing yeah co- collection of, of playlists that you can check out. If you um, want to hear ten songs of someone we talk to, there's a <laughs> chance that it's on there. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we, over the Christmas break, if we do a Christmas break this year, I'll go back and do some old episode ones. Let's do Will it. you? Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, playlist for yeah, old playlist episodes. for old episodes. Like, okay, let's do it. Uh, do a do a gift of gab. Do a ah, you we know, should we should something like that. Yeah, we should. Um, JJ Fad's top thirty songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> the anthology. The anthology. Um, so yeah, so we we appreciate everybody tuning in, talking back, hitting us up to correct us, offering feedback. Um, it, it lets us know that people are listening, and right. we we genuinely appreciate that shit. Uh, and yeah, stay wavy. We are the Dad Bod Rap Pod.